And how cool is it when you can like, you know, stick your eye up to a, you know, you can put your eye right up to a, to a little sensor. It goes, and then all of a sudden you're out there. That's pretty cool. It it, it looks fun. No reason for absolute alarm. We're we're not trying to tell you to light your hair on fire and run down the street. Uh, This is not that serious. Yeah. There we go again. Just dampening all the cool stuff, right? Making it seem a little less cool. Yeah. That's kind of part of the job, man. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Cyber Guys podcast, the cybersecurity podcast for everybody. I'm Andrew Valencia, joined as always by Mike Hill. Go ahead and hit that like button. You haven't seen the episode yet, but uh, I'm assuming you're gonna you're gonna like it uh, even before it gets started. Uh, and if you're new here, uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel, do all those cool YouTube things. Uh, and with that out of the way, uh, let's go ahead and get started. So, Mike, today we're talking about biometrics. I think one of the things that's very interesting about biometrics is that there's a lot of uh, assumptions that using biometrics is somehow uh, more secure. Yeah, that, that's my big, big pet peeve here. It's, it's as if uh, folks think it's a panacea. If we just switch everything to biometrics, then we're going to get perfect access control and maintain great security. It's, it's the one-stop shop. And now what, what do you have? You have it on your phone. Uh, a lot of laptops have fingerprint readers now. All this stuff is going on because there's an assumption that biometric is inherently more secure. Here's the other thing, you know, about it. And, and I want to just be balanced in, in, in what I'm saying here. I'm not saying biometrics is not good. Biometrics are great. Uh, we've been using biometrics from the beginning of time uh, just by looking at recognizing people. Or even if you walk to a, a gate and present some identification, uh, there's some human biometric verification going on at that point when someone's looking at your driver's license picture and looking at you or you're going through a, a gate check at an international uh, airport and uh, you, you're presenting your passport and they look at your passport photo and look at you. There's, there's some human biometrics uh, verification going on regularly. So it's not that biometrics is bad. Biometrics is part of a layered solution. It definitely belongs in uh, a topology of access control. Uh, the point is, though, whether or not it solves all problem, problems, uh, whether or not it solves all problems and cures all ills. And, and that's where uh, I have to say, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let, let's start, though, by just making sure we're clear on what we mean by biometrics, right? Let's just define it. Let's go ahead and define biometrics. So biometrics is me, right? It's my, um, it's my thumb. It's my eyeball, right? It's my voice, right? Yeah, that, that's the point. I mean, uh, the the word really kind of self-describes and self-defines itself. Metrics, measuring, bio, life. So measuring the signs of your life. So it can be anything. It can be uh, superficial uh, uh, biometric information like a fingerprint, like an iris color, like a retina, uh, uh, you know, a retinal scan where you're looking at the blood vessels in the back of the eyeball. Uh, it can be the way we uh, behave, like the way a person walks. You know, there, there's a, a way of checking the gate, uh, the way a person stands. There, there's certain behavioral biometrics we can look at behavior, even the way a person types or writes, you know, their pen strokes. The way, not just the way their uh, signature looks, but actually the way they actually write their signature 
All of those things are things we can measure to validate the identity of a person being who they actually are. All of that falls into the category of biometrics. Now, we typically think about biometrics in terms of fingerprints and uh, iris scans and that sort of thing, but really everything. Uh, palm geom geometry is another type of uh, biometrics. There's, and and there, there are many other variations. Now, when we combine different types of biometric systems, we call it multimodal biometrics. So in other words, instead of just relying on a fingerprint and that's it, if we can combine uh, a fingerprint with palm geometry, with uh, some other characteristics, maybe before they walked in, uh, there was some uh, readout, maybe, maybe a facial recognition, mapping out uh, uh, the topography of someone's face, all that good stuff. You use it together in a complex system, well, well that's obviously going to be more successful than something that's just looking at one biometric uh, marker. Uh, but that's what we're talking about. We're talking about systems that are going to look at these various markers, going to look at these identifiers of the person on the person with the person to verify that they are who they are. I think that's a really, really good point about multimodal biometrics as well, especially when considering we're using them for authenticating authorized users. Uh, the more, the more examples that we have, the more, the more that we use, the less likely it's going to be hacked. Now there are two, there are two elements that we look at uh, when it comes to biometric systems, right? We look at false positives and false negatives, right? The question is which one is worse? And it really depends on what we're using the biometric system for. Uh, when we're using the biometric system to access something, then we may be more concerned about false positives. That is someone who is falsely authenticated and thus allowed into the system, even though, even though they're not. But there are some systems where a false negative is far, far more serious because maybe it's a mission critical system of some sort. And now a person who should be authorized is incorrectly being denied access, false negative. Uh, so that could be a problem because now all of a sudden, you know, their availability to that system has been hampered uh, by a false negative. So really both of those are bad and it depends on which one uh, is worse to you on the given system, which is why we look at a factor for putting these two factors together and we call it the crossover error rate, right? So the crossover error rate is when we're talking about where those points intersect, uh, where the false negatives or the rate of false negatives and the rate of false positives coincides. And the quality of a biometric system is generally measured when that rate where they both meet is as low as possible. So there's a very, very low possibility of um, uh, false negatives and a very low possibility of false positives. The lower uh, the crossover error rate, uh, the better quality of the system. And that's where multimodal comes in. Uh, with multimodal, uh, you have different things you're looking at at the same time. Uh, by combining the metrics, you can adjust your algorithms so that you can identify uh, the individual by putting the information together instead of relying on just one. So maybe there was a uh, incomplete read on, on one of the biometric factors, but because of uh, the other factors brought together, uh, it was within the margins of error anyway, and therefore we can validly authenticate uh, based on that. So uh, th that's getting a little bit more technical than, than probably we need to, but, but that's 
ultimately one of the values of a multimodal biometric uh, authentication system. But who has that on their phone? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, uh, right. generally the phone is just using your face or just using your fingerprint. You know, it's not it's not doing multimodal. So you either get a read or you don't. Right. And you know, then, you know, locked out of their phone. And in, and in some cases, you know, there are people who do have two factor authentication for a lot of their apps or a lot their login to their phone in general. And one of those factors is a thumbprint. Another factor is a pin or a password. I guess that's my question to you is, is, you know, ultimately any type of biometrics that you're taking for authentication is really just a password, right? It, 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 there is a, a, a scan of whatever biometric feature we're talking about, whether it be the iris, whether it be the face, voice, whatever. And that is stored as a password. Right. And it is just as vulnerable as a password. And that's really the thing. I mean, we got to remember with computer systems, we sometimes anthropomorphize uh, the system more than we should. In the end, we're not actually dealing with an intelligence, we're dealing with uh, logic. And in the end, we're dealing with representative data. We're not dealing with the actual data. Yes, we used our fingerprint to hit the fingerprint reader and that was authenticated, but really it wasn't the fingerprint that was being authenticated. It was based on a uh, digital analysis and readout of characteristics of that fingerprint, which have then been digitized and then used. And the signature algorithm that's used against the fingerprint can give you a ver variation of um, codes, depending on the algorithm that's being used. But, but the point is, in the end, it's just binary data that becomes the key. And since it's just binary data that becomes the key, any binary data could be forged without even ever having your fingerprint. Right. and fact, and. and especially considering some of the means of authentication now, especially with facial recognition, the full face is not necessarily required to gain that kind of uh, access. It, there's specific parts or specific bits of information that when looked at by another human being does not look anything like the individual that's supposed to be authenticated. But to the ones and zeros, essentially, it's 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 authenticated. That really gets to some of the, the techniques. And let's just talk about fingerprints for, for uh, a minute. Uh, there are a couple of different ways that are well known for hacking fingerprints. Uh, one is using the data that the system use, uses. Well, uh, this data is called a master print. Uh, and ultimately, the master print is based on the algorithm of the system. And if you can hack into the device and, and actually gain use or get access to uh, the master print data, you could then build, um, you could actually build uh, a data signature that would match a person's fingerprint on that system. Another way is to harvest the images uh, from a, a scanner that hasn't been properly secured. So if you can get a hold of the data that was used in the scanner, the scanner can be hacked uh, and you can breach that system. Uh, then you have the ability to basically do a sort of replay attack with the data that was harvested uh, from the system. Uh, another way is to actually forge uh, the, the fingerprints. And that's where, again, if you can get a hold of uh, some images that would be used or that would be useful uh, to the system that, that would follow the same sort of algorithm, uh, you could essentially uh, put that image in front of the reader in a way uh, that the reader uh, collects the information and then you know, breach it that way. 
Uh, if there are vu vulnerabilities on the software itself, uh, we, we always talk on this channel about the importance of, of maintaining a security baseline on systems. Well, if you can hack the system, uh, then, then it's possible. And, and here's one of the worst ones of all. If uh, you have oily fingers and you leave a little bit of a residue behind, this is the one you see in the movies all the time. Uh, most systems are, are, are not that vulnerable to this, but uh, particularly with the, the sort of fingerprint scanners that you find on, um, on cellular phones and that sort of thing, it can actually be uh, 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 defeated with residual fingerprint information if it's properly collected and then used to build a new uh, fake fingerprint. Uh, and the really crazy thing is we now live in the era of um, digital printing and 3D modeling where you can create images that are imperceptibly different or distinct uh, to a computer system than their actual thing. You know, uh, and that's really where the 3D modeling comes in, which is one of the, uh, the dangers risks associated with uh, some of the other types of, um, uh, from, some, from some of the other types of uh, exploits, exploit tactics uh, that are used against these systems. Right. Well, I mean, and that takes us to, to, you know, facial recognition, right? So what's better than a fingerprint? Well, my face, because I look so, you know, unique. I am myself. So uh, why isn't that as secure as uh, even a fingerprint? You know, that, that one actually brings to mind some even crazier stories. You know, uh, a couple years ago, uh, it was even featured at a hacker convention, uh, someone basically creating a 3D model of uh, a face uh, with, an, with a 3D printer and then beating an, the Apple facial recognition uh, on an iPhone. Uh, but even worse than this, uh, there was an article six years ago in Wired Magazine uh, that actually talked about hackers that were successfully able to build a, uh, a, a logical 3D model, 3D image uh, of uh, a person's face based on their Facebook pictures, just going out to the web, finding you know, their social media photos, and then recreating a 3D model from that, and then using that to defeat a facial recognition system. So this is not even a new technique. It's a technique that's actually been around for, for a few years. Right. Now. And, and facial recognition in and of itself is actually less secure than using a old school numerical alpha, you know, alphanumerical password, right? <laughs> because most people have photos of them out, out in the open, right? There, you can have a picture taken of you pretty easily. Yeah. And, and that's, really, that's really my problem with biometrics is being seen as this panacea. Because the, the thing about biometrics that makes it actually, it's really the Achilles heel of this whole model, is if you can crack the information, you've permanently cracked the information. Because guess what? Your fingerprint is not changing. You know, your face, you know, it can change a little bit. You can get into a horrible car accident or something or, or some, some dramatic event. Maybe even if you gain, gain and lose weight, usually most facial recognition systems use 3D topography uh, to look at the face. Uh, and even that doesn't necessarily throw, throw the face off. And we may look in the mirror and, and think we look terrible and don't look the same as we used to, but most facial rec recognition systems would still detect the same person. But the point is, it's your face. It's your face. Your face, your fingerprint, your iris, your retina, those things don't change. If you can break those things, you've permanently been hacked until the whole models on how we use that information changes. 
So it's, it's a very, very risky thing to be your only source of security. Uh, and it really, it's a bad idea to replace it. I, I would absolutely prefer in most cases, some sort of random, randomly generated uh, uh, password, one-time password, something with a fob, you know, like an RSA token, something like that is actually in most cases, much, much, much more secure uh, for authentication. The, the problem is if you lose the fob or you lose your smart card, you lose whatever uh, token mechanism you have. And that's the thing that causes this to be a big concern. You know, if, if it gets stolen or if it gets lost and you don't have it at a critical moment. Well, that's why, you know, uh, biometrics is probably a good idea to have as part of a solution, but not your only solution. Right. Yeah. And that that's why, like, implementing biometrics as the sole means of authentication is is a pretty poor standard to maintain. That's why you have to at least... Uh, look at other means of, of authentication, m other factors, right? So we talk about multi-factor or two-factor authentication. You want to couple those biometrics with a PIN, with a password, with right. the OTP, with a token even. And exactly. If, if, it's, if it's part of an overall solution, it, it certainly would be more uh, viable as, as something that you could trust and something you rely on. And, you know, if, even in certain contexts, you know, it has to be taken into consideration. I mean, for instance, if you're using a biometric system within a physically secure environment, uh, then you've already had several layers prior to you know, using the biometric system. Uh, but if it's uh, the only uh, gate check, uh, then, then we have a problem. It's just, just like people who, who think that as soon as they buy a firewall, now they're safe. When the reality is, you know, everything that gets hacked gets hacked through a firewall pretty much. <laughs> you know, so... The idea that you can ever rely on one thing as if, boom, this is the one thing, you know, it, it's, it's just it's just not 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 wise thought. But it, it is cool, you know, and, and people <laughs> do love it. You know, uh, I mean, the technology it's, it's is cool, uh, but, you know, I mean, implementing being on the cybersecurity side of the house where we're implementing solutions to make systems more secure. Obviously, we're not going to implement biometrics as a sole authenticator, even though we've seen in the past that done, and that's a really bad example of how to implement security and multi-layered uh, authentication. However, on the consumer side of the house, using biometrics as a sole means of authentication for your, your, your smartphones, for your laptops, for your computers is also a really bad idea as well. And I, I think it goes more towards how bad the technology is when it comes the quality of scanning with smartphones, a lot of these devices have subpar scanning, right? Yeah, that, that's really the thing. And, and I, I think more than anything, that's, that's what we want to really get out to our audience here is, is we just want to get out to our audience, really the thought that most of the biometric systems that you interact with on a day-to-day -day basis are the lowest quality biometric systems. And they're principally given as a convenience factor, not really as a security factor. And in a way, it's almost like they're duping the public a little bit as if to suggest that moving from having your pin to having your, uh, your face open it up or your fingerprint open it up is same security as you had before, you know, but now you don't have to bother remembering the pin or, you know, now it's easier. And that's really the, the mistake, I think, uh, that that is being put across to the public, uh, the fact that it's just as good as 
And it's not necessarily just as good as it can be, uh, particularly in a multimodal situation, but it's not necessarily. And I, I can tell you just as an example uh, that I see with my phone all the time, um, whenever I do a really intense workout, my fingerprint scanner is toast. It does not uh, it gives me <laughs> false negatives all day long until I basically I rehydrate a little bit later. Uh, and then all of a sudden it reads just fine. And that that's the sort of thing that's it's really one. It's irritating. It's, just, it's a little bit annoying, but it just shows you the, the limitations and the factors that are used into in deriving a fingerprint on on uh, the, the mobile phone. It's not a top tier um, biometric system. Yeah, it's, it's it, really not. And, and because and, of that, it can be easily defeated. Yeah, at 100 percent. And I don't think it's an, ind an indictment of every single smart device that's out there right now because there's obviously that are some that have better technology than others implemented into their devices however you know looking at just people i know who have a have an android device you know they have they come they we talk all the time and they say i have multi-factor authentication i have you know i have my thumbprint and i have my facial recognition turned on and I have to tell them, I have to break it to them. Like, hey, that's not two-factor authentication. That's not multi-factor. You know, you're doing the same, you're using the same type of technology. And guess what? They're not so great, especially on a lot of the Android devices that are out there right now. Yeah. And and the thing is- it, And it reminds me, it's funny because it reminds me, it's funny. It reminds me of that scene in The Incredibles where Edna's going to- doing all those security going through security and it's all biometrics right it's an eye scan yeah. a palm scan you know edna mode right it's a voice recognition voice it's recognition. all yeah it's all all of that in, in one little in one little scene and i it it does seem that, that people uh can are convinced that that is more secure than a, a password and a thumbprint yeah hollywood has loved biometrics for years i mean the idea that a biometric system is just state of the art, futuristic, uh, you know, authentication. They, they, they love it. And well, how cool is it when you can like, you know, stick your eye up to a, you know, you could put your eye right up to a, to a little sensor. It goes, bzz, 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 and then all of a sudden you're authenticated. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It, it, yeah. it looks fun. It, it is. It's cool. It looks fun. It, it, it looks futuristic. It seems like, wow, that's gotta be really state of the art stuff. That is this what they do in the Pentagon? I mean, you know, that's where the right. imagination runs with it. And I think that's what, uh, these companies have done. They've seized on the fact that there is a Hollywood fascination, which there creates a uh, pop culture fascination, and then and a, a sense of assurance that is exaggerated. It's not bad. It is good, but it's not as good as the perception would lead people to believe. Well, I, you know, if I can hop on my theory soapbox for a second, I think that has to do a lot with the newness of the technology as well, right? We've had passwords and pins for 30 years, you know, more than longer than that, right? Most people are, you know, bored to tears, having to remember all the, a bunch of different passwords and, you know, having them grow in length to, you know, 16 to 20 to 25, 26, you know, characters. Now that we have these little devices that fit in our hand that we can just look at and all of a sudden, boom, that rec, you know, it recognizes me. That's, that's cool. That that's futuristic. That's what, you know, people have assumed the future would be like. And so it is trendy to an extent, I think. I, I, do, I do have some hope. I'm more optimistic on this than most things um, when it comes to, <laughs> right. to our field that you know, there's going to be a point where 
it it's old it's a, it becomes a bit old hat and so multi-factor is going to be kind of the way ahead and there's a lot of other means of authentication that are much more secure than biometrics anyways at this point yeah it, it, it is and and you know uh, as we mentioned part of the uh misperception is based on an incorrect assumption that all these systems are equal uh that just because it's checking a biometric marker that is just as good as a sophisticated biometric system. And that's not in, of it, in and of itself uh, true. That's, that's, I mean, there are grades of quality. It's just like passwords. You can have a password that is the word password, which is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> or you could have a 20 character alphanumeric mixed case um, with special symbols uh, that only you can, uh, can know. And they're both passwords. One hacks like that. The other, you know, may be virtually unhackable by a layperson, and even a a government organization would have a long, difficult time breaking it down. Uh, so, you know, there are there are degrees of quality that, that we need to talk about here. I mean, uh, the way some of these systems are, it's kind of an analogous to a weak password. Is there a password? Yes, but it's kind of a weak password. Uh, it's not as strong as you might think it is. My thing is password protected. Yeah, but the password is ABC123, you know? So is that the same as password protected with, you know, some crazy passphrase that has every character on a keyboard? Yeah, and for for far too many people, it seems to be enough for them. I mean, if you continue, just look at the most common passwords that are used, you know, uh, every every single year, they continue to be password123 right up at the top of the list. And a lot of, for a lot of people, hey, that's enough. And hey, it, it takes a picture of my face or scans my, my finger and it says that I'm good to go. That's enough for me. And yeah. unfortunately, that's the constant battle w- that we face. That's it. So really just to sum up, just to sum up, biometrics are good, but biometrics are not the one-stop shop solve Every problem, all woes are things of the past. We never need passwords. All of that hype is exaggerated. It's not, don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. It's not a one-stop shop, perfect panacea for cybersecurity. Uh, is it part of a topology? Yes. Is, is it a way to uh, take the validation of user identity to another level? Yes. In fact, we even use it uh, in the identification of uh, criminals and, and, and terrorists and, and so forth. And so there are there is a place for biometric identification. Uh, but but to think that it's the only thing you need is a very, very big mistake. Uh, Hollywood would have you believe it, but don't believe that. So like with most things, if it sounds too good to be true, it likely is. Mm-hmm. That's about the size of it. If it sounds too good to be true, <laughs> It ain't true. Well, but it, that, again, it, it doesn't make it bad. Use your biometrics. Don't worry about it uh, overly. Just don't think that it's uh, necessarily the best solution. Just use more than one type. Just just pick a password. Do do a thumbprint and or a fingerprint and a pin. You know, <laughs> be varied the, the in your approach. The, the more modes we, we use, the better. That's for sure. There you go. And, you know, 
And when it comes to something like a cell phone, you know, as long as you keep your, your cell phone on your person, you don't lose it. And if you lose it, you immediately turn it off and cancel it and report it. Uh, then, you know, you, you kind of have, you know, two factors of authentication anyway, because possession is one of those factors. You know, so it, there, there is no reason for absolute alarm. We're not trying to tell you to light your hair on fire and run down the street. Uh, this is not that serious. <laughs> but uh, it's also not a paradise. It's not all things to all who want security. Yeah, there we go again, just dampening all the cool stuff, right? Making it seem a little less cool. <laughs> yeah, right? you know, I mean, that, that's kind of part of the job, man, you know, to 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 go at the systems and, and make people who are who feel safe feel scared <laughs> and then make uh, uh, people who feel scared feel safe. I mean, yeah, I have a friend of mine who's a chemist and as as a scientist, they're always telling me, you know, it's not as cool as it seems. Like there's no like one trick pony. There's it's it's not that fun. Like it's not like it is in the movies. And yeah, I, I, I definitely feel that <laughs> a lot in this in this yeah. profession. Absolutely. You gotta you know, yeah. not knowledge illuminates, but sometimes the light of day is not that attractive. <laughs> you know, sometimes things things look a little bit better in the dim light. <laughs> oh man, I gotta write that down we, somewhere. <laughs> we, we put the light on it and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, ooh. yeah, yeah a little rough. go to a hotel room and just turn the lights way up. You know, it's not necessarily ideal. There's a reason why it's even think about it. When was the last time you've been to a really brightly lit restaurant? I mean, put a real bright light <laughs> on that food. Are you still going to eat it? I mean, I don't know. You know, most restaurants, they, they keep the lights a little dim, you know, and you know, keep set a mood. You don't want to see things that way. You don't want to see your date that clearly. You know, give them give them some dark light. And I guess that's <laughs> why that's why McDonald. I guess you you walk into a McDonald's is very brightly lit. So there's there is that yeah. I guess for consideration, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just it, it's just more work the more light you have. So we're shedding light on things, and, and if it looks ugly, well, you know, now you know. <laughs> hey, it's ugly, but you know. Well, that's going to do it for us today, folks. If you like this episode, go ahead and hit the like button. If you're new to the channel, make sure you subscribe. If there's any other topics you'd like for us to make a lot less fun or bring in, illuminate, bring into the daylight, make it look a lot less uh, cool, uh, go ahead and comment down below and let us know. For the Cyber Guys, I'm Andrew Valencia. As always with Mike Hill, stay safe, be secure, be sure. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. After all that, now I got to go be friendly and do an introduction. Wow. <laughs> That's it. We've had technical Time difficulties. Time to turn, on, turn it on, man. Time I know, technical difficulties. That's a, you know, we have, I have like a four-year-old and you know, four-year-olds, man, they go to school and they come back and they're just crawling with all kinds of diseases. And Oh, man. I'm, I'm, a few days ago, you know, she came down, she comes down the stairs, gives me a big old hug and, you know, and I, and I say, good morning. How are you? And she just looks straight into my face, goes, <coughs> like, Right to the and back she of my throat. Right to your face. Oh my god! Just, just and you can feel it. I can feel it hit my tonsils. Like, you just feel. You just feel the energy. You just feel the germs just coming right in. Oh man, there's only yeah. so much Dayquil can yeah. do. Oh, oh here we go.